1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we'll begin in verse 32. As I mentioned this morning, this event with David and Goliath actually ties in with Thanksgiving. Actually ties in in a particular detail of this morning's passage of Scripture. We'll see how all that ties in. Talk about Thanksgiving. Talk about the giving of thanks, and of course, naturally you would think, well, it's important to give thanks because it makes God happy. That is true. But there's an irreplaceable worth for a thankful heart in our own life. In other words, a thankful heart will accomplish quite a bit for us. And that's what we'll look at in this passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we'll begin in verse 32. Would you stand as the Scripture's read, please? Of course, you know the situation. There's a standoff. Nobody in Israel has a solution to the problem. The problem is nine feet tall. His name is Goliath. David shows up, and here's where we enter into the action in verse 32. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You are a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. Also he clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took a staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag and in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. The man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you had come with me? Come to me with sticks. The Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, 
he would give you into our hands. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for history. We thank you for the reason that you have provided this for us. And we ask, Father, we would benefit from your word, your history, as we look at what you've done. And Father, we ask that we would look at these things with truly thankful hearts, and thankful hearts would have their work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Three things about a thankful heart. It's going to be a very simple outline. Past, present, and future. First of all, a thankful heart accurately remembers the working of God in the past. In verse 37, David shows his words carefully. He talks about the success that he had had against a lion and a bear. The wording of this does not indicate that it was just one lion and one bear. It indicates that he at different times had encountered lions and bears, and this was something that was a part of his past. It could have been just one lion and one bear, two different, one, two different occasions. They weren't at the same time. But the way it's worded, he said, I've encountered both lion and bear, which indicates this may be a regular thing. But verse 37 says, the Lord, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He recounted what had happened and how he had been successful against a lion and a bear. And he said, you know, I'm pretty good at this stuff. And that's why I'm your guy today. I know how to handle these animals. That's not what he said. He said, the Lord delivered me from the lion and bear. He didn't give, get, take credit for it. He didn't take credit for being handy with a sling or handy with a sword or handy with whatever moves he put on. He said he, he took the lion by the beard. I'm not sure what move he put on there. But he accurately recounted the fact that it was God that did it. And you see, a thankful heart accurately looks at what happened in the past and gives God the praise for what happened in the past. He remembered that God did it. Now, if you still got your place marked in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, where we were this morning, we want to look at something specific that David said that ties these two passages of Scripture together. And of course, chapter 16 of the book of 1 Chronicles, it says, on that day, David handed this psalm to the hand of Asaph. And the first line of this psalm or this hymn says, give thanks to the Lord. And then, of course, he goes through the whole psalm, the whole hymn on how to adequately give thanks. And in verse 12, remember his marvelous works that he's done. Now, this was 20 years later. And when David came to talk to Saul about the experiences in his life, he accurately said, God did it. When David became king and wanted to tell his people how to adequately give thanks, he said, remember that God did it. You remember the marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. And then in verse 15 through 22, he reviews 
God's faithfulness as the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness. It's quite interesting. This is not personal experience. He didn't live through that, did he? What was he talking about? Give thanks to God by adequately recognizing the hand of God doing marvelous things that we find in here. You see, he began to say, God has done some marvelous things. Now, as he was talking to Saul, he talked about what God had done in his life. When he talked to the children of Israel, he talked about what God had done in the past. This is not the only time that he does this. He does this again in the 78th Psalm. He does this again in the 106th Psalm, verse 9. He does this again in the 107th Psalm, verse 7 where he says, you remember what God did as he led the children of Israel through the wilderness. Adequate thanksgiving to God means remembering the marvelous works that God has done in our personal life, but also what he has done throughout the whole history of his workings with his people. God instructed this that we will remember these things. If you'll turn to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. We'll begin in verse 1. The children of Israel had a lot to do. They were going over the river Jordan. And as soon as they got over the river Jordan, their feet touched the promised land. They had a lot of work to be done. They had to settle in homes. They had to conquer cities. They had to, to go and claim their land. But notice what God told them to do before they got about the business at hand. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one from every tribe, and command them saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You will carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Joshua called 12 men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask, in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you'll answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones will be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. God said, make sure they don't forget. Make sure you remind them. And you remind them, your children, that this may not happen in their lifetime, those that were born after this, those that were born after them, and those that were born after them. He said, but you need to remind every generation of what God has done. That is adequate thanksgiving. Now, Jeremiah reminded the rebellious nation of this. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 6. What he was doing is he was scolding the children of Israel for being so rebellious and he reminds them that God had led them out of the wilderness. And he goes all the way back to Exodus. 
and where God has faithfully brought them through. Just like David reminded his generation, Jeremiah reminded his generation, he reminded them what God has done and the faithfulness of God and the strength of God, and he said, now, this is the God you're rebelling against. This is the God you're turning your back on. So he wanted to be sure that they knew of the past wonders and marvelous works of God. Bible history is important. That's why as we walk through the children's Bible stories, typically it's a historical event, isn't it? It's a narrative of a historical event. It's important. Romans chapter 15, verse 4, the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning so that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. These things were written for our learning that we can have patience and hope and comfort. Bible history is important and being adequately thankful means to be accurately remembering what God has done. So David did that. He said God did it. Secondly, a thankful heart gives us courage to face the present challenges. Now David walks up as it was gridlock. They had pretty much been there for 40 days looking at the challenge. Nobody could stand against him. He walks up, and in a matter of just a little while, he says, I'll, I'll, take, I'll do this. I, I can take this guy. Now, where did he get this kind of courage? Well, by remembering accurately what God had done for him in the past. He didn't get his courage by recounting his own skills and say, well, I've, I've practiced fighting giants all my whole life. He'd never fought a giant before. He'd never had any experience with this. But he had confidence because he had a thankful heart, because he gave God the credit for what God had done in the past. Presently, he had a job to do, and he stepped up to do it. Now, a lot of times, we may have good intentions, but a lot of times, present day, activities don't reflect our good intentions. You see, the present is all we have to give to God. Right now is the only time I have to work. So therefore, if a thankful heart can give me the courage and the confidence and the motivation to step up and do what I need to do right now, it is of immeasurable worth. And a thankful heart gives us confidence to face what we've got to face today. But then, thirdly, a thankful heart eliminates worry about the future. You see, David steps up in the present tense. He said, I'm stepping up, and I'm your guy. I, I, this is not a problem. But in verse 37, notice what he says. The Lord who delivered me from the Paul." of the lion from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He will deliver me. Now he's talking in the future tense. Now, all of the guys in the army were worried about Goliath. What are we going to do? What's going to happen? What's going to happen to us? We don't know how this is going to turn out. They were worried about the future. David was not worried about the future. His worry was eliminated. Because he had a thankful heart, he accurately knew what God had done in the past. In verse 45, 
He speaks of the future tense again. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Present tense. This day the Lord will deliver you, future tense, into my hand. I will strike you, future tense, and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air, the wild beasts of the earth. All of Israel may know there's a God in Israel. All this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. The battle is the Lord. Watch this. He will give you into our hands. Worry's all gone. Worry's all gone. He had the confidence to step up, do what needed to be done now, and his worry about the future was eliminated. Now, do we have a problem with worry? Do we have a problem with giants? Do we have a problem with the challenges that seem too big for us? Of course we all do. A thankful heart will help eliminate the worry for the future. Now, let's go back to the purpose of why we looked at this whole passage of Scripture, the irreplaceable worth of a thankful heart. Sure, it pleases God, but it's good for us. Is there anything before we go into our business meeting? 